The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello there, and welcome to the Rotorwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to rivalfantasy.com or get the Rival Fantasy app. Today is Sunday, April 23rd. My name is Chris Crawford. With me today is Ryan Boyer. We're going to wrap up a lot of the action for the weekend, and we're also going to go over some headlines. But real quick, uh, Ryan, do you want to tell the people about a little friendly bet that you and I made over uh, this baseball weekend? I, I don't know what you're talking about. What, you, what bet are you? Okay. Oh, you okay. Very forbid kid full on this Sunday afternoon. So, some of you might know that I am a Seattle Mariner fan. You see that uh, big jersey behind me and the kingdom hat that I'm wearing for those of you who are live watching this on YouTube. And Ryan has grown up being a fan of those St. Louis Cardinals, and those two teams happen to be uh, playing each other. So we made a very friendly mm-hmm. wager. Stuff on the wall. Ozzy, Gibby up here. Yeah. Well, Ozzy and Gibby clearly haven't been playing in this series so far, Ryan, because they have fallen behind two games to none. And we made a little friendly wager that uh, the loser of the series had to um, upload the podcasts. And also we made a little side wager between Jordan Walker and Jared Kelnick uh, getting the most hits. Uh, Ryan, that's uh, looking pretty good. It was actually Nolan Gorman. Oh, Nolan Gorman, excuse me. I apologize. Which I think, uh, they, I think, well, it, I think they both have one. So I guess technically it, yeah. No, no, Kelnick definitely has two because he doubled. No, no, no. Oh, Walker and. Gorman. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Just, uh, just getting that clear. <laughs> Don't ever insult Jared Kelnick with saying. I, th- I think Kelnick might have three. Doesn't I he? think he does. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he drove in the run uh, with the single and then uh, he hit that amazing opposite field homer. How he hit that ball out to opposite field is just unbelievable because it was literally low and in on the guy, a pitch that most guys just yank. That guy is literally so strong that he hits that ball out to opposite field. Um, you got to yeah, come away. His power is, man. yeah. I mean, this is what a breakout looks like. Like yeah, it's, 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 it's all happening as they say. Yes, absolutely it is. Somebody who had it all happening this weekend, well, especially on Saturday, Ryan, Adolis Garcia, who, look, yes, it was against AA Midland, a.k.a. the Oakland Athletics, but does hit three home runs, does drive in eight runs. Ryan, Adolis Garcia has been a very streaky hitter in the major leagues, and we've seen it already this year. got off to a pretty middling start. 
but has a pretty big afternoon again Saturday. Are you buying into this being another hot run for Garcia? I mean, we have we have to first of all let's back pedal just a little bit since we're already bashing my Cardinals this this afternoon. Sure. Another another outfielder they let get away. By the way, yeah. Adolis Garcia. Yeah. Fair. It's funny. Fair. I was uh, looking up on the RotoWire news app, which if you guys do not have that downloaded, obviously you should be doing that. What are you thinking? Uh, the headshot of Odilis Garcia is still him with the Cardinals. So that was, oh, that was nice. I got to, beautiful. Yeah. Three home runs, two doubles. It, he's literally the first American leaguer ever to do that. Wow. So quite the night for Mr. Mr. Garcia. I mean, he, three home runs were by the fifth inning. I mean, yeah. he had, you know, going up against the A's, you think, like, I mean, he's got to hit a minimum of one more home run at least, yeah. but he's settled, settled for two more doubles. Yeah, I mean, I was, I think on all of our category preview podcasts, I think I picked Adolis Garcia as a bust for like all of them, I felt like. So obviously no one shouldn't be listening to me. Uh, <laughs> Not true. No, but he's, I, I was worried about, He's he's got the perfect kind of profile for just like crashing and burning, but he also is extremely physically gifted and can go on just a tear when he's feeling good at the plate. And obviously he's in the midst of, in, in the midst of one of those. So, yeah, I mean, the OBP is going to be terrible. We know that. Um, but he's probably going to hit 30 home runs again, as long as he keeps a job and, that was my worry that he might play his way out of a job, but obviously it's trending the opposite direction of that. Yeah. I mean, look, there are going to be highs and lows with Garcia. That's just because of the approach that he has. It is worth pointing out that he is doing a nice job, not swinging at pitches outside of the strike zone right now in a small sample, but chase rate in the 65th percentile, a bunch of stuff above 90 and what you want to see for in terms of hard contact, average exit velocity, hard hit percentage in the 89th, expected slugging in the 89th. I, I, I like Garcia, and I think he's a fun story too. I just can't help, but like it's worth pointing out, he does not play, has not played a whole heck of a lot of Major League Baseball. You may be surprised to find out that he's already 30 years old. So this is not like mm -hmm. some young up and coming guy. I mean, he's certainly got a few years left, I think, but the volatility here with him is real. I think it's also possible. It's possible if he does keep up like, look, he's in the bottom 27th percentile and walk. So it's not like he's um, all of a sudden going to become Edgar Martinez with the patience at the plate. But if he is swinging at more consistent strikes and keeping the strikeouts to a low roar, which he's done so far, strikeout rate below in the in the 56th percentile, which is solid, I do think there is that chance for that breakout. Brian, I have to talk about another former Cardinal, but this time it's bad news. And that's going to kind of be the theme of the show is we're going to kind of alternate good news and bad news. Sandy Alcantara pulled from his, uh, excuse me, he was, uh, why can I not think of the term right now? Scratched. Um, he scratched from his start. That's great <laughs> podcasting work by me. Um, so with bicep uh, tendonitis is what they're saying. However, they are claiming now that Gar uh, 
and I did this update this morning for Rotowire, that Alcantara will be scheduled to make his start on Wednesday if everything goes right with his bullpen on Monday in a side session that he's throwing today. How concerned do you have to be about this, Ryan? Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, I, I don't know why you would mess around with it. Like, I mean, at least put him on the IL, but have him miss a couple starts. It's a this is your uh, this is your golden goose, and he's right. dealing with an arm injury. Like, I don't know why you're just pushing him back or having him miss one turn. It looks like, but I mean, maybe they'll they'll uh, change their mind after the. After the bullpen session, we, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I hope he's gets out of the bullpen session with no issues and looks fine on Wednesday. I'm, I know he's going to make me regret that trade for as long as I live, but sure, Cardinals fan, but I'm yeah. still a big, big Sandy Alcantara fan. So hoping he's all right. Bit of a slow start this year. Um, I think the, if there was a little bit of, Concern, if you could call it that, with him coming into the year is that he's not as much of a bat misser as your other elite guys. And with sure. the shift, shift restriction, shift restrictions in place, maybe a few more of those balls are going to find holes. And I think that's probably been the case. But I think you and I both presuming health and hopefully this is just a minor little blip on the radar that he's going to be, you know, among the elite of the elite. Yeah, fingers crossed. And look, the Marlins haven't always made the right decisions. I can't imagine that they're going to have this dude on the mound if he's not 100% uh, or even close to 100% because he's just such not an important part of their 2023 season. He's a massive part of what they're building there. Like as good as he is and as durable as he was last year, you want to keep that. You want to make sure that he is available to pitch as often as he can. What exactly are they building there, by the way? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, they do have a pretty good farm system. Uh, it's not great. It would be helped if Khalil Watson ended up uh, being not terrible. And so far, he has looked terrible and unfortunately injured right now as well. And they had a, you know, they had a fun little thing that they put in left field there for a while, right? I was getting ready to say, what they need to do is rebuild the home <laughs> yes. run structure. I yes. mean, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so from bad news to good news, Ryan. And this, I think, will be pretty good news. Tony Gonsolin. So he's being pulled off his rehab, which is normally bad news. But in this case, it's good. His next start is very likely, according to manager Dave Roberts, going to come on Wednesday against the Pirates. Now, Gonsolin has missed all year with an ankle sprain. What seemed like it was going to be a very short stint on the injured list actually ended up being a fairly long one. And then it kind of looked like it might carry over into like the middle of May. But he's looked good for the most part during his rehab stuff. They are saying he's only going to be built up to throw around four innings. Obviously, you're carrying Gonson on your roster. But knowing that, do you still start him on Wednesday, knowing that he may not be able to qualify for the win? No, I don't think so. I mean, unless you're just really in a really in a bind. I mean, he's he is incredibly efficient, so... Like, I guess it's possible he could be so efficient that he squeezes out five innings, but I would I would keep him on the bench for the upcoming week. Um, a little surprised that they're rushing him back. Um, uh, I would have liked to have seen, I know we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but would have liked to them, see them give Gavin Stone a shot, uh, let Gonsolin 
stretch out a little bit more in the minors, kind of knock that rust off. Mm-hmm. The uh, from an unearned runs perspective, not a great rehab start for him, but I think he struck out like seven in his right. four <clears throat> innings or whatever it was for his in his rehab start. Velocity was. I want to say it was actually up a tick from where it was last season. So, yeah, I mean, I, I understand it, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, four innings. I think, I think I saw like a 60 pitches was going to be like his max. So, you know, unless you are just really hard up for options, I think you should keep him benched this upcoming week. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some young starters in the second half of the show as, alternatives i'm kind of surprised they didn't turn to one of these guys and gavin stone who we again will go over it just seems weird to me to have him up if he's only going to be able to throw that many pitches um kind of not a desperate seems weird to say on april 25th or whatever the heck wednesday is but they are a team that has dealt with a bunch of injuries to their pitching staff and if they feel like you know that the ankle can't get worse then i get that from that perspective but i'd much rather have a a healthy arm who's built up to go a little bit deeper in that outing than one, especially because I believe that Dodgers have an off day on Monday, so they could play around with the rotation a little bit. I could be wrong there, um, but it does seem like it's just a little bit weird. Long story short, no, I'm not starting him against the Pirates, even though the Pirates lineup is certainly beatable. It just doesn't seem like something that's going to work out terribly well uh bad news for chris bryant which is just <laughs> it could be worse news for chris bryant but this is a guy is just been so so injury prone over his career and now unfortunately leaves the game due to a glute injury not in the lineup uh for sunday's very early morning game it's i'm always reminded of how early those morning games are on the west coast as a uh guy who is like it's 9 a.m why the heck is there a baseball game on my television mm-hmm. But Chris Bryant, because of the health concerns, for everybody else, day-to-day probably means something a little different. But with Chris Bryant, it's something you got to be a little bit concerned about, right? Sure. I mean, when when he was first lifted from yesterday's game, I don't know if you saw the replay, but, like, he took a swing and kind of, like, his back half, like, collapsed. Like, it didn't, it didn't look great. Like, he looked to being a good amount of pain. And – the beat writers were tweeting about like it being a back injury and you would immediately think, um, Oh, there's a recurrence of issues he dealt with last year, but I guess it's not quite that. It's kind of like a glute injury slash some other, some word medical term that I can't pronounce that they referred to it as maybe it's, maybe it was like (laughs) lower back technically pelvis or something. I don't know. Anyway, but I think it's, you know, close enough in that area that you kind of have to worry a little bit, especially with the, I mean, he, I remember last year he spent time on the aisle with the back injury and then he came back and he made it like two at bats and then went back on the aisle with more back issues and just kind of a lingering thing as we know back problems can be, but hopefully it is just a day-to-day thing. He finally, Chris Bryant finally got off the schneid uh, as far as, Coors Field home runs go. Right. Saw that he was – he broke some kind of dubious Coors record for homeless streak. Um, So, yeah, 
I mean, he, he's hit pretty well, all things considered, as a Rocky, but the home run power not necessarily been there, and obviously injuries have been a concern dating back to his to his Cubs days at times. So hopefully he's all right. Um, sounds like it's hopefully day-to-day, and fingers crossed on that. Yeah, me too. Just, just don't be surprised if day-to-day becomes 10-day IL mm-hmm. and 10-day IL becomes something else because – Though injuries in that area can be tough, and he is unfortunately a guy who has dealt with quite a few of them. Shane McClanahan, Ryan, once again, really good on Saturday. Six innings of two-run baseball, strikes out 10. That's a season high for him. Now, over 29 innings so far this year, McClanahan has a 1.86 ERA. He has a 37-12 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. And he's looked the part doing it. Look, I've got a chance to watch a bunch of his starts outside of a little bit of command issue that he had in the middle uh, and a couple of starts against the Nationals and the Red Sox. He's really looked the part. Is Shane McClanahan a fantasy ace? As long as he stays healthy, yeah. I mean, I think he he has to be considered that. I, mean, I may have the numbers not quite right, but I believe it was 33 swinging strikes that he had last yesterday on like 88 pitches was which is just an insane that's insane number the his csw was like 49 percent yeah i mean it's when he is on like he's just he can look as filthy as anyone i had concerns coming into the season a little bit with him because of the shoulder issues down the stretch last year but those were somewhat abated by you know him coming into spring training throwing hard feeling good mm-hmm. um, obviously that's continued into the regular season you know I think you still have to have pet last year's shoulder issues in the back of your mind um, we are talking about unfortunately a well unfortunately unfortunately two sides of the coin there with a, a young guy who throws very hard Um it's a good thing, but also can lead to injuries because that's just the reality yeah. of what we're dealing with. But, yeah, I mean, he's one of the most fun pitchers to watch. Uh, like he's just can be really filthy when he's on, and obviously he's on a heater to, to start the season, as are the Rays as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I'm looking forward to that Atlanta-Tampa Bay series, to be honest with you, just to see who, like, because those two teams have just stood out. But, yeah, I think I agree with you. I wish McClanahan was uh, a little more efficient, like a guy who could get more seven innings, goodness forbid, eight inning guys. But there's not a lot of people out there who are that. That's one of the reasons why Sandy is such an exciting pitcher is because of the fact that, you know, he does have that chance to go seven or eight innings. Um, But, yeah, I would say McClanahan is definitely – if he's not a fantasy ace, he's right on that precipice. It's been very impressive to see what he's done when he's been healthy on the mound. Unfortunately, Ryan, we got some bad news to close on our headlines because we went good news, bad news. And unfortunately, of course, there is some bad news to report for Logan Ohapi. Uh, for those who did not see this morning, it was announced that he has a torn labrum and he is going to miss four to six months on the season. Now, Ohapi is more of a long-term play for me than anybody who I was really considering for my 2023 roster anyway. But let's say you are playing in a two-catcher league, Ryan. Is Ohapi somebody who you still have on your roster, or is this somebody you have to cut bait with, unfortunately? 
Oh no, I think you have to. I think you have to cut them loose. Unfortunately, um, I saw the at bat where he where he originally hurt his hurt his shoulder. It, it really right. reminded me. I, I was talking about it with with Drew on yesterday's podcast. It reminded me of uh, the Fernando Tatis thing when he took a big swing and just immediately kind of clutched at his at his shoulder. Ohapi actually stayed in and finished the at bat and singled. And then yeah. played, played for a few more days, and then shoulder injury, injury flared up again, and the MRI showed the showed the bad news. So, <clears throat> really a bummer. He'd been off to a nice start, um, as far as young catchers go. He's got quite a bit of offensive upside. Mm-hmm. You never know how a player is going to come back from a labrum repair, I and mean, that's a pretty significant operation. I know they say four to six months, so that technically could give him a window to return late in the season, but I can't imagine that that's hard to imagine going to happen. So it's the Max Stassi and the Chad Wallach show for the time being. So, yeah, uh, a bummer for those guys. Oh, yeah, Matt. 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 Matt, Matt Tyus. Tyus. Yeah. Matt Thais. Matt Thais. Yeah. Matt. He's, are, he's around, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody in the chat just said that they uh, dropped MJ Melendez for Ohapi, and now that they have Shailing Aliers, like this is the thing about catching leagues, man, or two catcher leagues especially, is just like, don't do it, don't do it. But hopefully Ohapi will come yeah. back. And... Are you a fan of of two catcher leagues? I'm not a fan of two catcher leagues, Ryan P. Boyer. <laughs> I am not a fan of two catcher leagues whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I still think long term, Ohapi has a chance to be a solid player. It does suck to lose basically a full year of developmental time. Um, our, our buddy Chad points out that Ohapi was your Adley handcuff. You don't need an Adley handcuff. And Adley Rutschman needs no handcuff whatsoever. That guy is just stupid good. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I would be looking like if MJ Melendez is available, that's a guy I'd be looking at anyway. Like, yes, he the numbers have been bad. All of the data suggests that he deserves much yep. better than we went over this just a little bit ago. But yeah, this those would be the type of players I'd be looking at. But really unfortunate to see one of the top catching prospects in baseball, unfortunately, going to miss almost assuredly the rest of the 2023 season. Uh, we're going to take a look at pitchers when we come back and some young pitchers to target. Some are already in the major leagues and some who are just right on the cusp. But first, we'll take a short commercial break. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, daily fantasy has never been better. Now, right now, Rotowire's listeners, Rotowire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings, but if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will refund you up to $50. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash signup and use code ROTOWIREMLB at signup and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a Rival today. Welcome to the arena. Baseball is back. Swing into the MLB season with vivid seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play of your favorite team live and in person. 
Plus, with Vivid Seat Rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit towards your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Pro tip reward. Buy tickets for your whole group, you split the bill, and you make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great values for the 2023 games that matter to you. Just vivid vivids, just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms. And- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Conditions. All right, Ryan, let's talk about some young pitchers to target. And, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, I understand that people are fantasy adverse to the young pitcher because there is only so much that can go right and a whole heck of a lot that can go wrong. But there's some really talented options out there. And why don't we start with Taj Bradley, Ryan? Now, Bradley, I think situation has improved because of some injuries that have taken place in the Tampa Bay rotation, but this is what considered one of the very best pitching prospects in baseball. And I'll ask you this one, how excited you are for Bradley for the rest of the season. And two, and I'll ask you this for pretty much all of the pitchers that we're going to be talking about today. Is he somebody that you need to, if still available, go spend fab on or make a trade for, or is it someone you'd more take a wait and see approach? Um, I, I don't know about necessarily make a trade for, I mean, that just depends, but you know, what the, what the offers would be, but Mm -hmm. like he, I feel a lot better about his chances of like sticking around in the rotation for the rest of the season now. And could, because unfortunately Jeffrey Springs, um, needing Tommy, Tommy John surgery, uh, Ray's getting Zach Eflin back and Tyler Glass now around the corner at some point, but sure, I do think Taj Bradley has a decent chance to to stick around the rotation for the bulk of the season. He had like like 130 something innings last year, so that shouldn't be a huge deterrent. Right. Um, and he's obviously been fantastic his first two starts. Uh, Really, really good control. Uh, Seventeen to two strikeout to walk rate in his first two starts. Um, he's always had good control, uh, dating back to the to the minors as well. Really uh, athletic guy. Re- repeats his delivery really well. Um, you know, I I wonder about the. Obviously, his results so far speak to 
plenty of strikeout upside. I wonder if he's more, if that'll eventually come back down a little bit. Um, he had like last year in the minors, I think it was just like just a hair over a strikeout per inning. It's always tough to project that improving at the major league level, but obviously he's done that so far. Um, I've been a little surprised that the Rays have let his pitch count get up as high as it's been. His last start, it got into the into the 80s, which isn't, you know, super high or anything, but he had, I don't think, thrown more than like 50-something pitches in any of his minor league starts before getting called up. So that's been encouraging. Um, obviously, he's got a good uh, offense backing him, so pretty bullish on, on Taj Bradley, both in the short and long term. Yeah, I like him a lot. Here's how you know your stuff is good, by the way. When you have an expected ERA of 1.5 and you're giving up 52% of hard contact because that just speaks to the fact that, yes, there were some line drives that were hit, but your stuff is so good that it doesn't matter. Like that is, I've been so impressed with what he's done. I liked him. Like, don't get me wrong. I certainly had some pitchers ranked ahead of him, but there's no denying that he's impressive. And there's also no denying that Tampa Bay is really good at this. And he, they get a little bit of a, a bump for me, like a young, good pitcher that's on the Cleveland Guardians or the Tampa Bay Rays or the Seattle Mariners, to be honest, right now is getting a bit of a bump because their pitching development right now is just so good that you just kind of have to trust them a little bit. I'm a big fan. I would be going out to get him. Just be cognizant of the fact that because the Rays do have some pitching depth and guys like Tyler Glass now hopefully coming back, you know, at some point there will be some times where maybe he gets a little bit of a rest or spend some time in AAA, but it is absolutely an arm that I want to have. Uh, another arm that's playing for a team that's not as trusting, I'm going to have to call him the A's, even though I promised I was going to call him AA Midland uh, all year, Mason Miller. So Miller make, got the call up. Um, I thought pitched pretty well in his first start um, against a decent Cubs lineup. This is a guy who throws 100 miles per hour and has a thrown, improved a, on his slider considerably uh, over the last few years. How high are you on Miller? And if he's somebody who, since the call-up was happened this week, um, are you is that someone you're adding a high priority to for a fab purchase? The uh, the uh, Los Angeles A's can we can we call them? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's too I soon, mean, bud. Too soon. That really does stink. It, as a guy who oh, it sucks. Resides in St. Louis and saw the the Rams leave for Los Angeles. I I, I feel their pain. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of, we talked about Taj Bradley stuff. Mason Miller's like just jaw dropping uh, repertoire of pitches. Um, yeah. I think on obviously we're just talking about one start of of data, but I. I think on uh, the stuff plus metric that you know Sarah's come came up with, it's on uh, it's on Fangraphs now. I think he ranks only behind uh, Jacob Degrom and maybe one other starter in terms of stuff plus. Um, so obviously that stuff pops. I mean, he he had twenty eight and a third, not including the the Arizona Fall League, twenty eight and a third total pro innings prior to his promotion. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not like this guy was a, like 
one one round one pick overall oh, no. one draft pick. Like that's ninety seventh pick. Crazy to this is this isn't Todd Van Poppel that the that the A's are <laughs> no. are bringing up. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like the I don't know what the workload's going to be. Um, I can't. They. It seems like they plan to keep him in the rotation for the rest of the season. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Again, 28 and a third, two thirds total innings. Uh, I mean, they've been going, they've been using six starters, some the A's, so they can space out those turns. They can skip him, you know, get creative with it. Um, But I guess. The stuff though is just so overwhelming. I don't, you know, you never. He's not going to get many wins. We know that. Um, the combination of probably going to have a lot of four or five inning starts and being on a just a historically bad A's team. Um, he's not going to get many wins. I, I've seen some concern a little bit that he might be because he's so. The slider and the cutter are both really good pitches, but he did throw like 65, 70-ish percent fastballs in his first start. Yeah. He can incorporate more than that going forward. I'm sure he will. But if he is that fastball heavy, I don't know if the strikeouts will be elite elite, but they certainly have the potential to be. And as far as like a – I mean, I I realize the fab on him probably ran already in your league – um, since he came up last week, but if he's still available, I'm I'm absolutely picking him up to see what happens. Have to keep the expectations in check a little bit. The workload, the team, the injury history, all negatives in the in with uh, Mason Miller, but the upside certainly undeniable. Yeah, I I really like Miller long term. A a guy who I got really good positive reports about. In the Arizona Fall League, um, I'll be honest with you, he was a player I started checking out more because I got his first Bowman autograph card and I wasn't familiar with him. And like, it's like, okay, well, I I know he was a third round pick, didn't hear a whole heck of a lot, and I talked to some internal sources that were like, he's pretty interesting. And then in Arizona, it became, oh, he's more than interesting. This is a future guy. But I think the point about playing for Double A Midland is a really good one. That that team is the worst roster. Ryan, we've covered baseball together for like seven years now. Is there is there a worse roster that you have seen than the Oakland roster? I mean, nothing comes to mind. Like it's – and they're performing exactly <laughs> how you would expect going into the season and also, frankly, exactly how ownership expected them to perform and wanted oh. to perform. They're the plot of Major League. They are absolutely the plot of Major League. There's there's no doubt in my mind that they, somebody watched that movie and said, you know what? It didn't work for them, but that's actually a pretty good idea. Um, minus 100 run differential, Ryan. Minus 100 run differential. They that's are really 50. hard to do. The, the Royals are awful at minus 50, and they are half as bad as the Oakland Athletics are. Now, look, some of that is a little misleading because they've had some pitchers pitch at the end and give up some runs and stuff like that, but it ain't that misleading. They are a historically bad team. And unfortunately that's really going to limit uh, 
Miller's chances for wins, but I really like his chances for strikeouts. And the ERA, I think, should be okay, too. Uh, Logan Allen is pitching right now as we're talking and actually pitching pretty well. Five innings of one-run baseball, no walks, five strikeouts. Now, look, the biggest thing with Logan Allen, I think, if you're going to go bid on him, is make sure that you're bidding on the right Logan Allen because the fact there are two left-handed pitchers named Logan Allen is absolutely stupid. At least One they're not guys, both of the Guardians. Still. Yes, that and, and that was not the case just a little bit ago, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But now that one is in Colorado, it should be fairly obvious which one you're supposed to get. Uh, I'm a pretty big fan of Allen. He doesn't have that elite fastball, Ryan, but plus slider, plus changeup, throws everything for strikes. And again, I give Cleveland a little bit of more of a benefit with these type of guys because they've been so good at developing these type of arms. What's your level of interest with Allen? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested. I actually hadn't seen his line yet from from today, so that's that's good to hear that he's off to a off to a nice start. Um, struggled a little bit at the AAA level last year when he was promoted, but was awesome there to start 2023. Um, I think maybe as far as upside goes, he's probably uh, you being the prospect town can speak to this better than I can, but he's probably a notch below the, the Gavin Williams, the Tanner Bybee, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Espino, certainly, although he's looks like he's having another, another, huh. set, unfortunately. Yes. Um, will the strikeouts that he, I mean, he's Logan Allen was pretty prolific in terms of the strikeouts in the minors, but I think generally he's probably viewed as more of like a mid rotation guy. Not the stuff isn't like, Eye popping, as you mentioned, I believe his changeup is probably his best pitch. Um, so, will the strikeouts totally translate to the major league level? Um, TBD, but I mean, he's as you mentioned, Cleveland has earned the benefit of the doubt. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about Tanner Bybee too, who they have a they have a tendency to get these get these pitchers who have good control and not much else and then just turn them into much more than that. So very, very interesting guy, Logan Allen um, could potentially get stick around a bit. I think if he, if he shows well and it sounds like he's off to a nice start today. So off to a nice start and worth pointing out that unfortunately the back end of the Cleveland rotation has just been ravaged by injuries. A bunch of guys who are, um, also, not maybe as talented as Allen that are not are going to be uh, away for a little bit. I think Allen's kind of matchup dependent. If, if you've got a lineup with a bunch of righty power hitters, maybe not the guy you want because with a mediocre fastball is a guy that could give up some home runs. I do like him, though, because he throws strikes. I think he's always going to be a, a solid whip option. There is the risk of a there's a risk with any of these young pitchers of having a a flame out start that really hurts you for a week. But I do think that he does have that opportunity to be a solid option for the remainder of the season if given the opportunity. By the way, worth pointing out, Tristan McKenzie, uh, it looks like restarting that throwing program. We miss you, Sticks. He's so fun to watch when he's on the mound. Um, Let's talk about some pitchers that have not quite reached the majors. And since you brought him up, might as well start with him. Tanner Bybee. Look, this was not a guy who had a whole heck of a lot. And by the way, we have confirmed it is Bybee. It is not Bibby, despite the fact that it is spelled like Bibby. B-I-B-E-E should absolutely be Bibby, in my personal opinion. 
good for you. Uh, 1.76 ERA so far in his three starts with Columbus, 19 strikeouts in 15 and a third innings. Has issued eight walks, but it has not been a problem usually. And only walked 27 guys in 132 innings in 2022, allowing a 151 average against with a 1.04 whip. For all the reasons we just talked about with some of these guys, Ryan, that has to be somebody you're considering a stash with, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, I think he's definitely worthy of a stash. I, I wonder if, you know, Logan Allen was already on the 40-man roster. Tanner yes. Bybee is not. So I, I wonder if those guys, uh, you know, Logan Allen had a little more upper minors experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he would have been the choice regardless. But I do wonder if Bybee could have kind of leapfrogged him if he was already on the 40-man Um you know, teams are obviously protective of those. They like to keep those 40-man spots free, which, you know, we're probably going to talk about a little more with Gavin Stone here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, Tanner Bybee, again, you know, just repeat what we've already what we've already said. The Cleveland pitching factory is, deserves the benefit of the doubt. Um, he was a – like I mentioned, he's one of those guys, like in college, he – very ordinary stuff, amazing control, mm-hmm. um, Shane Bieber-esque, you might want to yes. say, and the velocity has bumped up in in pro ball, um, giving him a new ceiling. I think he's probably a little higher ceiling than, uh, than Logan Allen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe more swing and miss there, potentially. Uh, what does the timeline look like? You know, they as you mentioned, they've had they've been hit with injuries, and you know Tristan McKenzie. As well, it's good news that he's ramping up that throwing program program again. It's still going to be a little while, and that's that's even assuming everything goes well as he ramps things up. So there still could be a spot for for Tanner Bybee if um, even if Logan Allen sticks for a little bit. I think that he they could still potentially give Bybee a shot. But as far as stashes go, yeah, he's he's at or near the top of the list for me. You know what's crazy is we just talked about those two guys, and we talked about Daniel Espino. Unfortunately, Espino did have a setback, uh, and it's going to be shut down from throwing. I cannot imagine that he'll make his debut in 2023. Hopefully, we get to see him at least on the mound in the summer months, but not a very good report. But even with those three guys who we mentioned who are just great, they're not, to me, their top pitching prospect. There's Gavin Williams in double-A, who is another arm that I would absolutely at least be keeping an eye on because he has the best combination of stuff and command of any of those guys. That's a 0.63 ERA in Akron. Um, he's just looked fantastic as well. 20 to 3 strikeout to walk ratio. The Guardians are building like something special with these pitching arms right now. Mm-hmm. Now, go spend some more money on the offense. It was nice to sign Josh Bell. It'd be nice if Josh Bell hit. Maybe maybe they'll be uh, thrown off by, uh, uh, unfortunately, not great results. I hope that's not the case. But there's a lot of pitching depth there. Uh, another arm that I really wanted to talk about, and this is the arm that I probably get asked about more than anybody else, and I'm sure, Ryan, you've got it as well, is Brandon Fott. And the main reason for Brandon Fott is um, not only is he really good, the situation appears perfect for him to have a call-up because of Madison Bumgarner being designated for assignment. I think it's just a matter of when with Fott, but like 
is he somebody, and this is true, I guess it's the question for a lot of these pitchers, especially the ones who are in the minors. Is he someone you want to add right now before it's too late, or do you think you can play the waiting game? I I, I don't think you're going to get him if you don't add him now. Um, I think there's been, I mean, because he was really in the running, at least publicly, the Diamondbacks were saying in the running for a rotation spot until late in spring training. Um I think everybody is pretty aware of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year in the minors, first minor league pitcher since 2011, I believe, to record 200 plus strikeouts. He had 218 to be exact. Um, from those numbers, you might think he's has like just overpowering stuff. That's not necessarily the case with with Brandon Fott. Um, he's more of a Good stuff, which that plays up because his command is just so pristine. Uh, you know, after a rough first start of the season at at AAA Reno, I believe he gave up four home runs in his first start. Yeah, he's been good ever since then. His last start was his best one, uh, seven shutout innings, I believe, with seven strikeouts. He's got a twenty-five to four strikeout to walk rate in twenty and a third innings. Um, like I mentioned, the, the stuff isn't overwhelming. I think he could be Homer prone because the, the fastball is not like, not going to blow you away. He is a fly ball pitcher. Um, so, you know, they're going to go with, with Tommy Henry for the time being, um, Henry could be a decent back end starter, but I think they're going to give Brandon Fott a look soon if not um you know within the next within the next week or so he's could potentially be more matchup dependent um because i do think there's might be some homer issues but he could also because that command and that control is just so good he's the kind of pitcher that could translate to the majors right away and just not have those control issues and the blow up starts um but i think he's He's absolutely worth stashing, and I, I I don't think you're gonna. Once we find out he's officially gonna get the call, I think it's probably gonna be too late at that point. I think you, sure. if you want him, you're gonna need to stash him now. Yeah, and I I totally agree with that. I will caution fantasy players in this regard. You're gonna look at his strikeout totals, especially last year, and think that this is like an elite swing and miss guy 218 strikeouts in the minors is just insane in a like right around 167 innings it's more deception with him than elite stuff and what we have seen is guys who can rely on deception can pitch well i mean it's an important thing you don't want guys timing up your stuff but it doesn't necessarily lead to being like a fantasy ace you know what i mean he's not going to be to me that guy who just piles up the strikeouts it's more about the fact that he has a complete arsenal and the fact he throws everything for strikes, especially at the lower levels, um, leads to more strikeout totals than necessarily suggests his stuff is. But that's not insulting thought. That's just letting you know that this is not going to be like the next Max Scherzer, you know what I mean, like out there in terms of like his strikeout totals in the minors. Just a little something to be wary about if you think he's going to be like the difference in a category for you. Just one, one, quick thing to, one quick thing to add real quick oh, please with, on Fott. Um, I should point out, like, those numbers that he produced at AAA Reno, like, 
one of the toughest, if not the toughest, hitting and pitching environments, both Great point. both the park and the league. I mean, you might recall that Dre Jamison and Ryan Wilson, both good pitching prospects, young pitchers in their own right, mm-hmm. just posted horrendous numbers at AAA last year. Yes, and they've true. shown that they can get big league hitters out. So he reminds me a little bit of Zach Allen in that regard. Zach Allen That's also doesn't have overwhelming stuff either. But I remember a couple of years ago when he was back still with the Marlins, also in the also in the PCL Gallon, just put up crazy good numbers at AAA um, in a really tough environment. And obviously that translated has translated well for him, even though he doesn't have like overwhelming stuff either. So just another thing to keep in mind with uh, Brandon Fott. Yeah, that's a good call. By the way, who did who did Zach Allen start his career with? <sighs> Moving on. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, let's move on to a Cardinal who I think has looked really good this year, Drew. And, or Drew, so sorry. Drew. So, your, your name is Ryan Boyer. I get all Cardinals fans confused. You guys all look alike to me. Um, <laughs> Matthew Libertor has looked really good. He looked good in the spring, and he's looked good so far in AAA so far with Memphis. Did not pitch exactly well when he was given a chance to pitch last year. I think that his stuff has looked so much better and the Cardinals have such a question mark of a rotation that I personally would be taking a look at adding Libertor, especially in like an NL only format type of league. What about you? Oh yeah, definitely. Like the thing that's, I think held Libertor back. He's always had a beautiful curveball. Mm-hmm. Um, but his fastball has been just so hittable. Yeah. Not only the velocity was, I mean, fine, like 92, 93 last year and years prior. He just didn't command it very well. But now he's hitting like 97, 98 and putting the ball where he wants. Like it seems like he's really starting to figure it out. And he's still got that gorgeous curveball. So I do think he – has the potential still to have some home run issues when he's not locating that fastball perfectly because there's not a lot of it's pretty straight fastball he's gonna have to have that velocity to get away with it um but yeah there's there are spots available in the cardinals rotation or at least there should be uh (laughs) jake woodford is you know not good uh adam wainwright is Sounds like he's going to make one more rehab start and come back. So theoretically, that doesn't – I mean, Wainwright's going to slide into Woodford's spot presumably. So that, I guess, technically doesn't mean there's a spot available right now. But I think Libertor, the, the 2023 version of Libertor, could give the Cardinals certainly more upside than what they currently have in the rotation. Right. Um, so I think he's – absolutely worth a stash keep an eye on those velocity reports because if it comes back down i think he's ultimately more of a back-end starter type but as long as he's got that velocity up in the 97 98 range he's sitting 95 96 with that good curveball i think there's pretty legitimate upside and he would be pitching in a good a good home park and in front of a, a good defense as well i think it's worth pointing out too ryan and look I'm not the Cardinals. I think that's a rotation that is perfectly set up for a six-man rotation because 
giving Wainwright a, some extra days of rest, giving Michaelis maybe a couple of days of rest as well. Flaherty, and, you know, Flaherty is absolutely. I think they're perfectly set up for that, and that I think you put slide Libertor right in there. I will point out he struggled in his last start. He gave up four runs on eight hits. But the fastball, again, was 97.5 miles per hour uh, uh, topping out, which is what you're wanting to see. If he is in that he velocity like, he also He also had like 19 swing strikes in that start, that too. Worked. So he was still yeah. missing some bats. Yeah, and, and AAA life, no matter what park or where you're playing, it's not a lot of fun. I am sure not exactly great defenses necessarily behind you. I don't believe – that the AAA Memphis uh, defense is quite as good as the St. Louis Cardinals defense right now, Ryan, but uh, definitely in a, a name to keep an eye on that, you know, has lost some prospect luster. Um, who is he traded for again, by the way? I mean, are, are we going to keep doing this? Yes. I mean, come Ooh. on. Randy, you, Randy Rosarino looks pretty good, buddy. What are you trying to do to me, man? Uh, point out that my Seattle fan existence has been miserable my entire life so you can take a couple of hits um a name that I think if I haven't been asked about fought the most Gavin Stone has been the name that I have been asked about the second most or the most it's it's I get asked a lot about pitchers Gavin Stone uh one of the breakout stars of the 2022 season a name we kind of mentioned earlier as a potential starter instead of Gonsolin going only four innings I'm a big fan. I also wonder if he's maybe a year away from being in a real true option. It's also worth pointing out a few people brought up in the chat. Bobby Miller is a guy um, that they could also turn to. But I think Gavin Stone is probably the next guy in their mind. How high are you on uh, Gavin Stone for the rest of the year? High on his ability. Um, I, I think with the maybe it's a tell that the Dodgers might agree with you that he's a little ways away if they opt opted for to shorten Gonsolin's rehab assignment instead of yeah. going with Stone. Um, he has struggled on the whole in 2023 so far, but was really good his last start. Right. Worth pulling out. Um, he's not like a like a big like physical guy. He's kind of kind of on the smaller side. I, I don't know if what the workload will look like long-term. Um, sure. Maybe they want to build him up a little bit more, but, you know, has excellent stuff certainly. And the Dodgers are another one of those teams. Hasn't worked out with uh, Noah Syndergaard, but the, the Dodgers are certainly one of those teams that can get the most out of pitchers. Sure. Um, and uh, Gavin Stone, even though they didn't, he didn't get the call this time around. I think he's absolutely worth stashing. Sure. Yeah, I mean, look, the big issue with him so far has been that he's just not thrown consistent strikes. He's walked ten guys in nineteen and two thirds innings, and even in that good start where he had four and two thirds shutout innings, he did walk a couple of guys. His changeup is elite. Like that's an out pitch right now. That is one of the best prospect changes that I've seen in quite some time and i've seen some pretty darn good ones ryan because i am old as dirt i just wonder if they are being a little more protective of him and they would like to probably see a little bit more consistency because that's really there's a couple of decent outings here that he did have five innings of one run baseball for the most part it's been kind of a struggle and he hasn't been getting deep into games either the five innings is the most that he's thrown uh wanted to throw one name out this is kind of like a super stash type of thing. I would not be shocked if his debut didn't come until 2024. 
But I got to talk about Andrew Abbott of the Reds. This guy has struck out 36 hitters in three starts over 15 and two thirds innings, Ryan. And he's walked three batters. I do think there's an opening here. And I know we didn't really talk about him as one of the guys that we were going to talk about. But do you think the Reds situation might allow an arm like Abbott, who I think is actually probably the most underrated pitching prospect in base right now, baseball right now. Do you think their situation might allow for somebody like Abbott to have some success? I mean, it's a, it's a tough ballpark. Certainly yeah. not a great team, but I mean, he's, he's just shown in his numbers certainly this year that the strikeout upside is pretty massive. Like not, Coming into the year, I don't know that he was viewed as nearly as uh, highly as what he's looked like sure. so far. The numbers are just absolutely insane. He's been he's throwing a harder slider now. That's kind of I think helped fuel the the breakout um, and you know the sweeper. I don't know if it's a sweeper. That that seems to be all the rage now. But <laughs> it's all the rage. The kids are yeah. talking about it. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is the double A level. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't skip over triple A and go straight to the to the majors. That's he's like I think he's like 23, was he 23, 24? So he's not super young. I, mean, I, I could have that wrong. But uh yeah, I mean not the it wouldn't be the most ideal situation for fantasy success, but and he would have to skip over triple A. So maybe as you mentioned, it's it's more of an NL only play at this at this juncture. But obviously, I mean 36 strikeouts and 15 two-thirds innings, just insane. Stupid. Yeah. Not walking anybody. Um, so certainly a, a name to to keep in mind at the, at the very least. Yeah, I think that he's somebody if you're playing in a dynasty league, by the way, go get him right now because the Reds really like this kid. Obviously, the numbers we've just talked about are really impressive. I think he's a member of their rotation for sure next year. I'm not so sure about him getting starts this year. They've got some other arms. Reds actually, I know it's frustrating now. They're building, the it, pitching staff they're building is pretty interesting. When you've got like guys like Hunter Green, who's now locked up, Nick Lodolo, who apparently they're trying to lock up as well. Um, I think that they're closer than people might give him credit for pitching wise the offense is also a thing um but they ellie de la cruz might be something to build around as well i'm just trying to uh remind you ryan that uh never mind i was gonna make fun of st louis again i'm not gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> um uh, by the way chad does bring I think, up I think that. you're you're, ma you're maxed out on the st louis jabs for this podcast. yeah chad does bring up the fact that um all we have to do is point out David Ortiz, Jason Veritek, Derek Lowe for 28 games of Dave Hollins, as well as Heathless Slocum. Yep, that's all you have to do. All of those trades we talked about, not nearly as bad as those moves whatsoever. And by the way, that same year, they also traded Jose Cruz Jr., a 40-homer outfielder, for Mike Timlin and Paul Spilgeric. My childhood was terrible. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for tuning into the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy, rivalfantasy.com, or download the app. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Crawford underscore MILB, and Ryan is at Ryan P. Boyer. Stay tuned for more episodes every single day of the week. 
really appreciate you coming out and have a great week.